What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Welcome to Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life, featuring the exposit story preaching of Dr. John Katzian. Now, I don't know what exactly happened. All I know is this amazing thing happened at a town called Mahanadan. And that town Mahanadan is somewhere between the cities of Zora and Eshtiol. And you're like, yay, wow, that's exciting. I've never heard of these places. Are you going insane, John? Well, if you were a good Israelite and you were reading Judges and you came to chapter 13 and there you read the town Mahanadan. It's between Zorah and Eshtiel. Oh, yeah, I know where that. My cousin's from there. I get that. I understand that. Wow, that's where it took place. That is interesting. What took place there? What are you talking about? What exciting thing took place? It says there that... I think what happened there would have been amazing to see. I think what happened there, you would have seen this little teenager. And I think he probably would have been scrawny. He might have been like 13 or 14, maybe. He might have been in 15, 16. All I know is this teenager had long hair super, super long hair that had never been cut since birth. Think about that. If you'd had long hair that had never been cut, or if your hair had kept growing since birth, do you know how long it would be? And I don't know if he tied it up in the original man bun, you know, or if he tied it back in some long ponytail or he wrapped it around. But all I know is would have been interesting. And all I know for sure is it occurred at Mahanadan. And all I know for sure is this young man had super, super long hair. The other exciting thing I know, it says that the spirit began to stir him. Now, what did that look like? Does that mean it stirred him internally and he began to get angry and he began to get mad? Or, as I think, he was this scrawny kid with long hair and he's walking out from Mahanadan about to go out and do something with his friends when he looks over and he sees somebody with a cart stuck in the mud. And maybe he goes over there and with his scrawny little arms and his long man bun hair, he lifts up this cart by himself, puts it on his shoulders, drags it over, boom, and drops it. <gasps> and people look at him. They say, wow, what just happened? Or maybe maybe a cart fell on somebody and was about to crush him and he went up and with one arm lifted up this huge heavy cart and boom, dropped it. And they're like, what in the world is happening? All I know is something amazing began to happen that people said the spirit began to stir in person with long hair that had never been cut 
a person that we're going to find has amazing strength. And a person that lived in Mahanadan, somewhere in the tribe of Dan, this city occurred. And who is this teenager about to become a man who the Holy Spirit is stirring in him to become the next judge? Who is it? Well, you probably guessed. His name is Samson. Samson. The name Samson has something to do with the sun, and we're not exactly certain what the name Samson means. But Samson, the Holy Spirit, began to stir in him at a young age. And at a young age, he had long, flowing hair that had never been cut since the day of his birth. And the Spirit began to stir. And I don't know if at first he exhibited great strength or not. And I wonder... People kept wondering throughout his whole life, where does his source of strength come from? How can he do his amazing feats of strength? Which makes me think, when you looked at Samson, there was nothing to be impressed with. You know, I don't think he was this huge, muscular, biceps bulging everywhere sort of person, you know, who worked out three times a day, yo. I don't think he was that sort of person. I think he could have looked skinny, scrawny, with long hair. And maybe people picked on him till he showed, look what I can do with my bare strength. And people were like, whoa, back off. And they saw the Holy Spirit working in his life. They're like, there is something different. There is something special about this kid. And maybe he began to build a reputation not because of anything Samson did, but people looked at him because of who Samson represented. How did we get to this point? That we have this maybe scrawny kid with long hair being able to lift great objects, this huge strength, and why is he wearing long hair, and where are we in the book of Judges? Well... If you turn to Judges chapter 13, we meet Israel once again choosing to sin and choosing to pursue other gods and choosing to go after any other god but Yahweh. They left their true love. It says in Judges that they were doing evil in the sight of the Lord, which means they were loving other gods and not being true to Yahweh. So... God says, I've got to bring you back, right? And the cycle of sin and oppression is about to take place because it says God brings them into the hands of one of the greatest enemies of Israel throughout the Bible. And some of the great battles and some of the future books we're going to hear about is from this tribe between Israel and the Philistines. Now, the Philistines were... They were called the people of the sea or the sea peoples. And they came in from the west, from the Mediterranean Sea, and they landed along the Mediterranean coast. And there they settled around 1200 BC and they developed five cities along that whole coastal area. Ashkelon, Ashdod, Ekron, Gaza, and Gath. 
And those were their location where they fortified themselves and they built up and they began to push in. We meet the Philistines all the way back with Abraham when he encountered them, but it was just sort of a friendly encounter and, and, and they weren't horribly adversarial, but when Moses begins to push out from Egypt, his encounter with the Philistines, things had changed. They were much more aggressive. And the Philistines back in this time were much more technologically advanced than the Hebrews. They were able to work with iron tools and they were able to create iron weapons and they were able to make chariots of iron. I mean, these were formidable weapons of war that allowed them to dominate that whole coastal plain and they began to push eastward to try to oppress the people of Israel even more. And some people think the, the Philistines were pushing eastward, trying to occupy greater and greater parts of Israel while Jephthah was trying to deal with the whole Ammonite invasion on the east side of Israel. So you have this east side of Israel with Jephthah dealing with the Ammonites, and then you got the Philistines trying to push in from the west, and man, it was a time of great oppression. And it says the Philistines oppressed the Israelite people for 40 years. 40 years. And I think the people of Israel began to pursue, some of them probably did, the Philistine god, which was a god named Dagon. He was half man, half fish. Some people think they considered him the father of Baal. I mean, this was a powerful god in their pantheon. And he was worshipped in that area. And maybe when it says they did evil in the sight of the Lord, the people of Israel began to worship this god. But then the Philistines oppressed them and began to push them out of their territories. And then they cried out to God for help. Remember, that's the story, right? Again and again and again. They pursue other gods. God brings in another tribe to oppress them and to teach them war and to teach them how to fight. And then they cry out to God for help and then God raises up a judge. And this is where we meet Samson. Well, we don't meet him, right? We meet his parents, and we meet his dad specifically. His dad's name was Manoah, and he was of the tribe of Dan. And he was married to a beautiful woman, I'm sure. But the sad thing was, when we meet them in this story, they're not able to have kids. They've tried. They want to have kids, but they're not able to have them. You know, it's interesting to me how, how many stories in the Bible start that way story of Sarah, right? Abraham and Sarah weren't able to have kids for years and God changed her barrenness into fruitfulness and they produced Isaac. Then came Rebecca. She wasn't able to have kids. And then Rachel wasn't able to have kids. And then later on after the story, Samuel's mother, Hannah, again, unable to have kids, suffered from barrenness. But God used all those situations to make them rely on him to show his great power through their weakness. And so Samson's mom, we don't know her name, begins the story barren. And her and Manoah, her husband, of the tribe of Dan had been trying to have kids in the middle of all this oppression. 
the middle of all this national failure. Man, what a sad time, you know? Now, it doesn't say exactly what she was doing. Maybe she was out working in the field, or maybe she was just working at home, cooking some meals, or, or doing something. Maybe she was out walking the dog. I have no clue. But then it says, as she's walking along, and she's doing whatever she's supposed to be doing, the angel of the Lord appeared to her. Now, I don't know exactly what that looked like. If she's there doing dishes outside in the courtyard at home, you know, washing them in the river. If she's down by the river cleaning some of their clothes, maybe this man walks up to her. She looks up. She sees him. And then the man says, Behold, you are barren and have not borne children. But you shall conceive and bear a son. I mean, if that's not a great conversational starter opener, I don't know what is, you know? I mean, what a way to begin a conversation. Hey, you're barren, you've not born children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Maybe that's why she knew this man was special. I don't know. But I think, hey, this guy looked normal. But I also think she could tell that this was probably a divine being. I think the same way Abraham could tell those three visitors who came to visit him were divine beings. And, and maybe he glowed a little. I don't think he actually showed up as what we conceive as an angel with wings and a big fiery sword or anything like that. I think it just says a man in this passage here. A man comes up, but they knew this is somebody special. And she probably wasn't thinking this was the angel of the Lord, but she knew that this was some specific man of God because she keeps referring to him as a man of God. And she even says later on that he had the appearance of the angel of God. Very awesome. That's what she says. He had the appearance of an angel of God. Very awesome. But he also looked like a man. How does that work? What does that look like? I don't know. All I know is this awesome, angel-looking, man-of-God figure comes to her while she's doing whatever she's doing and says, you are barren, but you're going to bear a son. Because of this wonderful thing that's going to happen to you, you've got to be careful. And I want you to drink no strong drink. I don't want you to drink any wine. And I don't want you to eat anything unclean while you're pregnant with this child. And then when the child's born, I want you to devote it to a Nazarite vow from the minute it's born. And we're going to take that child and we're going to begin to save Israel from the hand of the Philistines. She looks at him. And he just walks away. I'm going to get pregnant? I'm, I'm going to have a child? This child has got to be devoted to God with a Nazarite vow? Wow, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bear a son? But while I'm pregnant, I, I can't drink any wine or strong drink or eat anything unclean or eat, eat anything with great, you know, from the grapevine. And, and, and then it's going to be a son. I'm going to have a baby. Oh, wow. This is exciting. And she runs and finds her husband, Manoah. 
and says, guess what? A man of God, very awesome, came to me. And she adds, I didn't ask him where he was from and, and he didn't tell me his name. I wonder why she threw that in there. I, I didn't ask where he was from and he didn't tell me his name. So maybe maybe she knew Manoa would ask, well, where was he from? What was his name? Hey, I didn't ask his name. I didn't say where he was from. I didn't ask, all right? I was too amazed that a man of God would come talk to me. Remember, he's very awesome and he told me I'm gonna conceive and bear a son, but I can't drink any wine or strong drink while I'm pregnant with the kid and I can't eat anything unclean because they had these Jewish dietary laws and she had to obey him to the nth degree. And then once he's born, we have got to give him over to a Nazarite vow to God and he'll be a Nazarite till the day of his death. And Manoah sat there, he's like, wow. I wonder if a big grin came on his face. This is exciting news. Now, the question I'd like to know, right, what's a Nazarite vow? Well, a Nazarite vow meant that you were devoting yourself to God. And the rules for giving yourself the vow of a Nazarite is found in Numbers chapter 6, 1 through 21. And when you gave this vow to God, later on, Paul the Apostle put himself under a Nazarite vow. Most people put themselves under a Nazarite vow for a period of time. And during that time, they regarded themselves to be specially devoted to God. And during that time, they never cut their hair. They left their hair uncut. They drank no wine. They ate no grape products, and most interesting is they had to avoid any contact with anything dead. Now, you think that one would be pretty simple to keep, right? Hey, don't touch anything dead. Okay, I've got that. So, but think about that. That includes, you know, animals, not just human beings. You know, I wonder if it included insects. I don't know, but you couldn't touch anything dead. You had to leave your hair uncut. You couldn't drink any wine or eat any great products. But a key thing to remember here is a Nazarite vow is this. I'm especially devoted to God. And a sign that I am doing this in honor of Yahweh is I'm not cutting my hair. I'm not going to drink wine. I'm not going to drink or eat great products. And I'm not going to touch anything dead because I am devoted to God. And for a period of time, you devoted yourself to that. But Samson, and here's the unique thing, Samson, he had to live under that vow from the moment he was born all the way to his death. It wasn't just for a period of time. If God is going to use Samson to raise him up as a judge to defeat the Philistines who are oppressing the people of Israel, Samson has got to be devoted as a Nazarite for the rest of his life. So Manoah, he's thinking to himself, how do we do this? And what's this going to look like? And, and so it says he begins to pray and he prays to the Lord. and He says, oh Lord, please. Let the man of God whom you've sent come again to us and, and teach us what are we to do with the child who will be born? Are we supposed to raise him differently? Are we supposed to do something? Please send the man of God again. And it says, God listened and he sent the angel of the Lord again to the woman. But this time we know where she's at. She's sitting in a field. And I don't know if she's sitting in a field looking around 
hoping that the man of God is going to show up. Maybe she sat in the same spot where he showed up before. All I know is it says she sat in a field. But guess who wasn't there? Manoah wasn't there. Maybe he had to go to the bathroom, and when the angel of God showed up, he wasn't there. Maybe he'd gotten hungry and gone down to the local fast food to get some food. Cause, or maybe he'd gone fishing. Maybe he got bored of just sitting in a field. Either way, we don't know. He was not there when the angel of the Lord shows up a second time. And the woman's like, oh, it's him again. He looks like a man, but he looks like the angel of God. Very awesome. And the woman says, hey, hey, stay here, please. I've got to go get my husband. So she gets up, stay. And she runs. And I don't know how far she had to run. And she grabs her husband and maybe he's fishing or doing something. Put away your rod. Let's go. She drags him back all the way to the man of God. And I can imagine they run up and Manoah falls to his knees. It says, are, are you the man who spoke to my wife? The angel of the Lord said, I am. And then Manoah goes, now, now when your words come true, please, please tell me what is to be the child's manner of life? And, and I thought this was interesting. He asks, what is his mission? And I think the angel of the Lord smiles, maybe lifts his head up, makes him stand up and says, for all that I said to the woman, let her be careful. She can't eat anything from the vine. She can't drink wine or strong drink. And she can't eat anything unclean. And all that I command her, let her observe. If your wife is obedient to what I have asked her to do, then this wonderful thing is going to happen. Think about it. The whole story of Samson hinged on the mom being obedient to what the angel of the Lord had asked her. It all started with the very thing the people of Israel did not have, obedience to God. And I just want to say, in my own life, and in our lives, if we're going to see great things happen in our life and God change the world around us or begin to change us, you know where it starts? It starts with obedience to God. Obedience to his word more than the culture around you. Obey God first. So the man says, all right, this is awesome. Please, please, just stay and, and let me prepare some food for you. Uh, I'll, I'll go prepare a young goat. Meals back then was a huge sign of hospitality. He's basically saying, stay. We want to enjoy your presence. We want to show you great hospitality, please. And the angel of the Lord says, if you detain me, I'll stay, but I will not eat your food. But if you prepare a burnt offering, then offer it to the Lord. It says, for Manoah did not know he was the angel of the Lord. He just knew that this was some sort of angelic being, maybe. He was very awesome. So Manoah starts going about preparing the goat, finds the goat, whack, chops off its head, oop, cuts it open, threw in some herbs and spices, made this thing taste really good. And he's like, okay, but, but this man's not going to eat it because he wants me to offer it to the Lord. And who is this man? 
He doesn't know. He's the angel of the Lord. We all know he's the angel of the Lord, but Manoah, maybe he doesn't believe his wife. Maybe he just believes he's a messenger of God. But he's like, who is this person? And he finally brings all this food and he begins to place it there on this altar, on this big rock. So maybe he's preparing the goat on top of this rock. He's going to offer it to the Lord and he's wondering, who is this guy? Is his name Barry? Is it Larry? Is it Gary? Is it Jerry? What's his name? I wonder. And so he goes, please tell me. What is your name? So that when your words come true, we can honor you and we can bless you. What's your name? And then the angel of the Lord says to him something really interesting. He says to him, why do you ask me my name? Remember, Manoah doesn't know he's the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord says, why do you ask my name? And he says this. It is beyond understanding. It is wonderful. So I guess the word there for it is beyond understanding can also be translated wonderful. My name is so fantastic you can't even begin to understand it. It is wonderful. Where have we heard this before? Where have we heard this idea that God's name is wonderful? Well, if you turn to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Isaiah talks of the coming Messiah. And it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His name shall be called, what was that first one? Wonderful. Whenever you see the angel of the Lord, many people think this is Jesus. Pre-incarnate. He would show up at various times as the angel of the Lord. He showed up to Abraham. He showed up to Gideon. He showed up to Samson's parents. He shows up at various points as the angel of the Lord. This is Jesus pre-incarnate before he was born. Now, what's also really interesting is the angel of the Lord says, it is wonderful. And if it is Jesus, he's also asking Manoah and his wife to offer an offering to who? To God. And people have scratched their head. Well, if he's God and he's Jesus, how can you also offer... A burnt offering to another God. Wait, wait, maybe they're the same God. Maybe this is a wonderful hint at something that we're going to understand more fully when Jesus comes to earth and then we have the Holy Spirit. We call it the Trinity. And here we have the angel of the Lord saying, you've got to worship my father, the God of all gods, Yahweh. And this is just very interesting. Already in the Old Testament, we're beginning to see that Yahweh is way more wonderful and more amazing than we can even begin to grasp. And so he says, I can't tell you my name because it is too wonderful. It is too majestic. It is too amazing. So Manoah thinks about this and he doesn't really grasp it, I don't think. He thinks, well, why don't you just tell me your name? I don't get what the big deal is. But then he puts the offering down. 
He lights the match. He gets out his chica, chica, chica. The thing lights up. The goat starts to burn. The flames go higher and higher up towards heaven. And they look over. And the angel of the Lord, I think, moves behind the altar. And they're standing there and they're watching the flames go up. And then all of a sudden, maybe the angel of the Lord stepped onto the offering. I don't know. All I know is it said all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord goes up with the flames. I can imagine the angel of the Lord standing in the middle of this burnt offering. And Manoah's like, stop, you're going to burn yourself. Then he goes up with the flames. And it was at that moment that hits Manoah square in the face. (gasps) This was God. And it says they fell on their faces to the ground. And at that moment, it says that Manoah finally realized this was the angel of the Lord. This was God himself because Manoah later says, we shall surely die for we have seen God. And Manoah fell to the ground and was afraid he was going to die. And it's interesting. Every time people encounter God, They all think they're going to die. Why? Because I think in the presence of God, they realize how puny they are. They realize how sinful they are. They realize how separated they are in the presence of such mighty, awesome wonder. And Manoah's like, I think we're going to die. Because he'd read probably in the scripture, the Torah, it basically says in the Old Testament, you can't see the face of God and live. And he's thinking, I just saw the face of God and I'm going to die. And And the wife stands up. Again, we don't know her name, but I think she's very practical. And she says, hey, maybe helps him stand up. If the Lord had meant to kill us, he would not have accepted our burnt offering or our grain offering at our hands. You know, he says, I'm going to conceive and bear a son. If if he was going to kill us, why would he say I was going to conceive and bear a son? No, think this through logically, Manoah. He would not announce to us such great things If he was going to kill us, don't worry. They walk over the altar. They probably stare up into the sky. And I think the wife of Manoah looks down at her belly. She thinks, I'm going to bear a son. And nine months later, she does. She names him Samson. And the minute he's born, hey, don't touch his hair. The minute he's born, here, let me watch his hair. Maybe your cousin comes to do his hair maybe when he's a year old. Hey, hey, let's make sure, you know, scrub it nicely. I don't want you to cut his hair by mistake with one of your nasty fingernails. She's got to let that hair grow, you know. And maybe after the age of two, the hair's still growing. And somebody says, hey, why don't you cut it a little? I came with some scissors. Hey, keep the razor away from him, the scissors, anything. We got to let this hair grow because remember, this boy was given to us from God, a Nazarite vow. And maybe people listen to him and they said, who was this angel of the Lord who talked to you? That seems a little weird. I just don't know. I mean, this baby is clearly Manoah's son. I mean, you two had this child, but somehow God wants you to devote it to him as a Nazarite vow. But his hair, it's getting long, Manoah's wife. Seriously, 
Can we cut it just a little? He's starting to look look like a girl there. Well, then let's straighten it out and make it look tougher. Maybe they pulled it into a long ponytail around the age of four, and they're like, nope, 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 still looks like a girl. This doesn't look right. Let's put it into two ponytails. Nope, 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 still... Still looks like a girl there. Looks like Jack and Jill and more like the Jill of the Jack. I don't know. And so finally, Manoa's wife invented, invents a big ball on top of his head. Says, look at that. The man bun. If anything's tough looking... It's that, says Manoa's wife. And I can imagine all our friends are like, well, for a five or a six-year-old whose hair is growing long, I guess I can accept the man bun. It definitely looks better than the ponytail. And little Samson grows under this Nazarite vow. And she's got to make sure everything he drinks isn't in any way related to grapes. And she keeps all dead animals away from him. And maybe as a kid he's interested. Oh, look, a dead cat. I want to go look at it. And she pulls him away. No, no, you can't touch anything dead. And day after day she teaches him why your hair is long, why your hair is different, why you can't do these things. Because the angel, the Lord God himself, told us of your special call and and maybe they reminded Samson every day of his special mission because remember Manoah said I want to know how, how are we supposed to treat him how are we supposed to raise him what is his mission and maybe they told him day after day as the Philistines oppressed as they hid in their basement some time to get away from Philistine oppression. Maybe they had to run out and hide because the Philistines got mad and started to burn some of the town. I don't know, but for 40 years this oppression occurred. And the last 20 of those years, here is Manoah's wife and Manoah himself reminding Samson of his call and his purpose. And then that day, in the town of Manahadan, something happens. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord began to stir him. And maybe for the first time, Samson, scrawny, long-haired man bun Samson, displays amazing strength and might. And people are like, Who in the world is the Samson? Wow, where did he come from? Well, that's what we're going to hear about next week. And we're going to meet in Samson a great story of how God can use anybody. Even people who are constantly pushing against him and not wanting to follow him, God can use you anyway. But you begin the story with the beautiful example of Manoah's wife and Manoah himself who obeyed. And like I said earlier, if we're going to see great things... We've got to obey. Manoah and Manoah's wife obeyed. They let his hair grow long. They didn't let him touch anything dead. They kept his Nazarite vow. They kept their promise to God. They obeyed. Man, I hope that's said of me. And I hope that's said of you. That day after day, John obeyed God as best he could. 
Dave obeyed God as best he could. Francine obeyed God as best she could. Whatever your name is, I pray, just start by obeying God. And one of the best ways to begin is by asking him to save you. Saying, I'm going to put my faith and trust in you. And by obedience, repent of the sin that's in my life. And I'm going to go in the opposite direction. And Lord, please save me. By faith, I'm going to obey. And I'm going to start studying your word to find out what that is. Thank you for listening to Baldhead Bible Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. You can comment on our Facebook page or email us at baldheadbible at gmail.com. If you would like to support this podcast, please check out our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash baldheadbible. Baldhead Bible Podcast, making the Bible come to life. New episodes added every week.